This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. We talk Las Vegas Raiders football. Raiders football for all of you out there. Raider Nation, thanks for joining us. If you're not in Raider Nation and you're thinking about uh, uh, defecting from your current team, go ahead. Although Raider fans, they're going to make you fill out an application and make sure you're the real deal before you can come over. But anyway, if you're listening, if you're a competitor, if you're a Vikings fan and you're checking us out, welcome to the purple people eaters uh, here as we talk about Raiders football. Scott Cobranson, Mo Moten with you here on our Thursday edition of the show. We are now delving into the defensive side of the ball, Mr. Moten, and we're going to talk about Patrick Graham's defense. You know, we talked in the offseason when he got hired about this hybrid defense and how he moves it and it morphs around. But more and more, you're starting to see, we saw a little bit in the game here, and I think observers are saying, taking a look at it and saying, you know what, he's saying it's not a 3-4, but it mostly looks like a 3-4. Give everybody kind of a basic level breakdown of what you've seen at this on this defense and what Patrick Graham has done thus far with his sets on the field. Well, first of all, I would say I would say be careful about judging on what he's going to run based on one game, because I think during during the regular season it's really going to be matchup based where some games he may run mostly odd man fronts. Some games, some weeks he may run mostly even man fronts. You may see five man fronts. Uh, So I think it's going to change based on the opponent. And that's what you want to see. You want to see a defense that's able to adjust to the opponent and their strengths or and or weaknesses. So. You don't want a guy that just rolls out his defense, good or bad. This is what we're playing, and that's it. You want a guy who can adjust on the spot based on the opponent. So, again, I know we saw a lot of – probably saw a lot of all-man fronts against the Jaguars, but it doesn't mean that's what you're going to see during the regular season. You also have to note that a lot of guys have been missing. Jonathan Hankins, Bilal Nichols, those guys are out. So he doesn't even have – he's not even playing with a full deck. But I will say is that you did see a changeup of, of lineups. You did see a mixture. I think Murph pointed out with guys coming on and off the field, different personnel groupings. And again, that's a good sign. And that speaks to what he's been saying all along when people ask him, what type of defense are you running? Is it a three-man front? It's a four-man mm-hmm. front? And he just says, yes, yes. And he always <laughs> said multiple. And I think that's exactly what you're going to see. Now, for the people out there, who are wondering what Cleveland Farrell's role is going to be. I think this is great for him because in a four-man front, Cleveland Farrell could play strong side defensive end. And in an odd-man front, he can probably stand up and rush the pass on the outside if Max Crosby or Chandler Jones need a break. So I think it's good for that defense just to have multiple sets, get different guys involved. Yeah, uh, and, and to me, the modern NFL, that's where I think people get hooked into this. They're looking at, okay, we know 3-4, we know, even if you're just, and, and again, Mo and I have a lot of conversations offline, and one of the things I always talk about is, for, for those of us that cover the league or cover football more in depth, we get into the heavy X's and O's sometimes. We watch the, 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 the film, right, that, that you hear about and all that stuff. Most fans don't. They just have a basic level of knowledge, and that's totally fine because you're just watching the game, you're enjoying it. But most people know 4-3, 3-4. They know nickel, they know dime. They kind of know the general terms. But in today's NFL, the way the offenses operate, and I think this is key, 
the defense has to change up. And this is exactly what Patrick Graham does. It's going to be matchup based. So you might see them to your point with odd man fronts. And then in the next game, it's completely different. It's based on who you're, who you're running up against. And now defenses in the NFL, when the offenses went a little hog wild, it took a few years for these defensive coaches to see what was going on, to see the evolution of these spread offenses. Now they know, and now they're scheming against it. So you're seeing a completely different set. By the way, quick note, Brett Favre didn't know what a nickel defense was while he was playing in the <laughs> NFL. So if you don't know what a nickel defense, don't feel so bad because Brett Favre no. didn't know either while he was funny. playing in the league. But anyway, yeah. um, I think it's I think it's also important to understand that with the Raiders defensive line, they let a lot of guys go. Quentin Jefferson's out. Solomon Thomas is out. Uh, Darius Phylon, I believe, is still a free agent. Torres Patel Tennis is probably why. But they bring in new guys, and I think these guys that they brought in, Bilal Nichols, even drafted Neil Farrell Jr. and Matthew Butler, who I've been raving about, those guys allow are going to allow Patrick Graham to play different fronts and draw different looks to opponents. So I think that that's part of it. But I, I just want to see in this Vikings game coming up how he uses those guys. Do we see more even man fronts this time around with the Vikings? How the Vikings going to play their guys? So I think it's going to mm -hmm. be interesting to see. There's not a lot to see because Patrick Graham, by the way, doesn't have a long resume. I believe this is only his his third or fourth year third. as a defensive yeah. fourth, third or fourth year as a defensive coordinator. He had one with yep. the Dolphins, I believe two with the Giants. So it's, I think it's going into his fourth. It's going into so his he fourth, doesn't, right. Yeah, doesn't have a long track record. So we could, you know, you you're kind of like, what are we going to see? You're not, you don't know what to anticipate. So I think a little bit of an element of surprise. I do think he he's going to blitz a lot more than Gus Bradley did, which yeah. I think is a positive for a guy like Jonathan Abram. I know we talked about this offline, but Jonathan Abram, I, I feel like he is what he is at this point. He's a box safety, can help you in run support, but I think he could be useful on blitzes. And I think you're going to see a lot, of, a lot more of that with Patrick Graham. So I think the, the transition from Bradley to Graham is going to help him a lot more than a lot of other players. Yeah, and, and this also fits into uh, the position. In the first segment, we talked about Roquan Smith and how linebacker is not a, 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 a smart spend right now for the Raiders. And this is part of the reason, too, right? Not that you don't need linebackers because you have Perryman there. We talked about uh, Divine Diablo as well. Uh, but it takes on a different set. When you have a set 4-3 defense, for example, and, and you have the same look over and over and you're committed to that, it, it's different. It, it, it means that you put more stock into certain players, into certain positions, depending on what you're running. Um, so this changes that, right, Mo? So, so you have the defense. I mean, obviously, defensive front's always important, whether they're in odd man fronts or not. And, of course, the ends, which they upgraded on. But all of this works together in, in, in the scheming and the coaching and the philosophy you have there, too. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, if, if my guy Darian Butler continues to play well, you won't need a Roquan Smith. I'm not comparing him to Roquan. I'm not saying he's on that level, but I'm saying that the Raiders can feel comfortable with the linebacker group that they have without bringing in another star player. But to your point, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see, how again, how this defense morphs through the preseason. I'm going to look a lot more at the defense. Of course, a lot of us were looking at the offensive line and how they're going to play. Of course, Brandon Parker hasn't been at practices, so we'll see what happens there. But I'm going to be looking at the defense, and I hope a lot of more guys are healthy because, as I just mentioned, Blau Nichols and Hankins missing on the defensive line. On the back end, too, you didn't have Averitt on the field. You didn't have Rakyat Sin on the field. Mm -hmm. So you want to see you want to see those guys play. Of course, Trayvon Mullen still recovering from his uh, surgery. But you want to see more guys play before you have a hard opinion about, okay, this is the type of defense they're going to run. Because, again, they're they're running not even with a full deck. They're running with less than half of a deck maybe of their starters there. So interesting to see how it pans out against the Vikings. 
Yeah, and some fans are, are worried about that uh, with the injuries. But remember, they started a week earlier than everybody. Everyone else is rolling this weekend into their first preseason game and coming off just their second week, uh, week and a half of camp. So the Raiders are ahead of that. And so I wouldn't worry. I mean, if you get down to the, the that third or second preseason game and some of these guys aren't getting better or you're getting news that they're getting better, then I might be a little concerned. But overall, the timing on this works in the Raiders' uh, favor because they started earlier, and you got to see how those guys get up. And, and again, it's camp, so you're going to have injury anyway, um, and you're going to have roster adjustments, I think, as you go along. They have obviously swapped out some some kind of uh, roster filler wide receivers this week and some other things, so, so we'll see how that goes. But when quick, you look at – go ahead. And quick point, too, I want to make about Amik Robinson because he was talked about a little bit on my timeline because I said I, I like to, I love to hear the buzz about him at, at training camp. And, you know, so we've heard this before. It's, you know, he's good at camp and then he gets out in the field. And he gets burned. But uh, Patrick Graham likes to have a hybrid slot cornerback type of defensive back. And I think Amik Robinson could fill that role. Of course, you worry about his size being 5'8 on the outside. But if he could play in the slot and be that slot safety type of guy, that he had that the uh, Graham had with the Giants. I think Amit can play in that role and, and be effective. A lot of people aren't don't want to hear it again because we've heard Amit looking good at camp or for a few practices and hasn't done much during the season. But I will say this is a third year, is a critical year, and a lot of players sometimes pop in their third year. You're not going to get a Max Crosby or a Hunter Renfro, a day three pick who pops right away. Sometimes right. it takes a couple of years. Sometimes it takes three years for a player. And and someone on my timeline brought up Cliff Branch. I believe he had 290 receiving yards by the end of his second by the end of his second year. Didn't pop yep. to his third year. So were you giving up on Cliff Branch after his second year and he didn't do much? Got to give these guys <laughs> some time to develop. You, no question. And and we just all and I'm putting myself in this too. Uh, although I'm older, so I think it's a little lessened. Uh, is we don't have attention spans anymore. We want everything now, right? Everything has to be now. So we look at these guys. And again, Raider fans all coming from a good place. They want their team to win yep. because their team is so important to them. So I understand it, but you're absolutely right. Amik Robertson, a guy I am big on too. And I'm telling you, I really believe that talent is talent. He has the talent. You talk about the size. I get that, but coaching. Yes. Okay. It's been a disaster on the defense the last few years. And, and I give Gus Bradley credit for at least kind of trying to stabilize it when he was there, but, but the Paul Gunther crap, it, you know, it ruined guys. I really believe that it was not, it was not conducive to them doing what they wanted to do. So Amik Robertson comes into that, and then he's got Bradley last year, right? So, so I'm you give the kid this chance, and I think he'll come through. But that goes Alex Leatherwood. We talked about that ad nauseum the last five shows. I think about offensive line. Same thing with Alex Leatherwood. Everybody's well. We got yes, I agree with you, Mo. We got to trade or. Or if I'm if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm thinking we got to trade or we got to go get somebody off the street to upgrade and, and build depth at that position. But still, if Alex Leatherwood doesn't start this year and comes in as a rotational guy and learns and does better and then pops in year three, too, I know where he was taken. So I understand the pressure there. But again, he, he's he's you have him for five years or for four years. So mm -hmm. so you have to let him try to develop whether you know, know that or not. Brandon Parker, people have given up on. We don't know what his status is. He's injured, clearly. But I get that because now he's at that stage. Like, you've seen it. And you said, okay, dude, you've had these chance after chance after chance, right. and you haven't popped as much yet. So we get that. But with Alex Leatherwood, it's only year two. 
Absolutely. And the same thing with, like I said, with Amit Robinson, he's going to his third year. Remember, he came in in 2020 during that COVID year. They had an abnormal offseason. If yes. you remember that, didn't oh, yeah. have a regular practice schedule. And if you look at John Simpson, I think John Simpson is going to be a solid left guard. He's starting to pop and he's going, he's going his third year. He's in that same draft class in 2020. So, and he started all year last year. He still took, it's took him three years to pop. Amit Robinson has had spot duty basically his first two years. So I just want right. to see what he could do. In a preseason game with a with a full workload and how he how he looks in Patrick Graham's all defense. And there's so many. I mean, Lester Cotton, another great example this year, right? Slated Perfect as a starter. Example. I mm-hmm. I know that the depth chart means nothing right now, but but he's been playing well. He's there right now. Yep. Expectation is um, he's going to get a spot there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so so again, another good example of that. You cannot give up on these guys so early. Uh, I understand the need. So the need creates the desire to have it happen quickly. Urgency. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you can't compare every case to another case. You can't compare Colton Miller to Alex Leatherwood. You just, it's apples and oranges, not just because uh, one's a big white hoss and the other kids from the South and African-American either. It's, it's nothing to do with that. It's just the fact that they're just not comparable. So I, I caution fans on that. And, and, and Mo, you're absolutely right to have that discussion, but it's also an NFL wide discussion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, in general, fans are just most fans are impatient because they want it. You know, they want to see guys now. And Amik Robinson, to me, could have been a day two pick had he because he came into league with an injury too. By the way, right, right. Uh, he, he did say that he slipped because he felt like he slipped because he had that injury. So a lot of people want to see it now. But as I said on Twitter, that it, unless you have to dump a guy because you got a, a loaded position with a bunch of stars, you give a guy with talent a chance. To develop and i think he, as you said i think he's got a shot this year no doubt about it okay there you go a little bit talk about patrick graham's defense and the raiders overall on the defensive side of the ball we're going to take one more break and then when we come back we're going to delve in we're going to do a little round robin we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff on this thursday morning slash afternoon whenever you're listening to us as we head towards the weekend yes the weekend starts tomorrow and then you got raider football uh, coming up uh, this weekend as well on Sunday at 125 Pacific, 425 on the East Coast. You're listening to Silver and Black today. He is Mo. I am Scott. We'll be back right after this.